Welcome back into We're Talking Tonight. Craig Malasa and Jay Walker. Jay, we're sipping a little Clyde Mays. Uh, Clyde Mays straight bourbon whiskey. It's 110 proof. Uh, it's a straight bourbon. What's your thoughts on it there? Um, you know, it almost tastes like a rye to me. Um, it, it's, got, it's got a little after thing at the end that reminds me a little bit of a rye. Um, for 110 proof, it doesn't have a tremendous amount of bite to it. I, I, I like it. I've never, I've never had it before. Uh, but, but, uh, now that I have, I might, I might buy a bottle next time I'm in a position to do so. I, I don't remember. Uh, I, I've, I've had one similar, uh, they changed the label, which, which kind of messed me up there. And I don't remember the other one being a six year old. Uh, I remember the spice on it though. Like you said, it's, it's gotta be heavy, right? But at the same time, it's got a little sweetness, a little candy apple taste to it, but not as much as the last one, or at least I remember on the last one that I had. So, mm -hmm. but all right, um, let's let's kind of look at the standings real quick. Uh, another weekend of Georgia State visiting Georgia Southern, another top four matchup. Texas State um, travels to UTA. Um, South Alabama is at Troy now. It, that that's a series. Well, the the two I I, I mean, those to me are the two big matchups. Georgia State uh, at, at Georgia Southern, I think, is a number one, and then Troy and South Alabama. Thoughts on either one of those, or well, who are we pulling for in the especially the Troy series? Well, I, you're pulling for neither team to sweep. Okay. Okay. I, I think that, you know, in a perfect world, you'd ask for South Alabama to take two out of three since Troy's ahead of you uh, in the standings. I think that uh, you're, rooting, you're rooting for Georgia Southern this weekend. Uh, and I, I think, and, and I think if they uh, really put it all together and got a sweep, I don't think anybody would cry. Um, you know, UTA's not very good. But UTA's got a series win over Troy, so what do I know, right? Um, and, you know, A-State is playing Little Rock, and A-State's 0-12. They're not a good baseball team. They've lost 20 of their last 21. But look at their 0-12. Three to Texas State, two of them by one run. Three to Georgia Southern, and one of them... Um, they led with two outs in the ninth inning. Three to Coastal Carolina and three to the Cajuns. It's not like they've gone out and played the donkeys of the league. Yeah. So, you know, you've got... Now, they don't play App State this year, but, you know, they still have UTA. They, they have Little Rock. Uh, they have ULM. They have, you know, Arkansas State's not going to go winless in the league. You know, and, and this is their first real chance to go out and and maybe get something done in the conference. I, I just I find it very interesting. It seems like just about uh, all of the higher seeds are traveling, except for Troy, Louisiana, and Little Rock. Or I shouldn't say higher seeds. Higher in the standings, the other ones are, are, are uh, the other higher seeds have to travel this weekend. I find it interesting in softball as well. I believe the girls are headed out to. Uh, Girls going to South Alabama. South Alabama. And ULM, I believe, is at Coastal Carolina. I'm surprised they didn't do something similar to what the guys are doing, having their in-state rival. 
Yeah, um, but they don't. But but they but they do it at the end of the year before right. the conference tournament, Correct. which which is just as valuable. Um, so you know the Cajuns are about to to go on a quite a road trip. I think seven games, seven road games over the next uh, thirteen days or something. Oh like no, that. it's worse than that. So. They they're going to play South Alabama three, and then they're going to come home. And then on Sunday morning, they're flying to St. Louis. Okay. They're going to play St. Louis on Monday. They're going to play, I think, a doubleheader against Illinois on Tuesday. Correct. And then they're going to play Indiana on Wednesday, travel on Thursday, and then play three against App State. So that's three, six, seven, eight, nine. That's a 10-game road trip. Okay. And um, Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't count the, uh, the, the three against South Alabama. So I mean, the back it, end of the trip. So it's going to be now their 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 spring trip, uh, their spring break trip. Yeah. You're right. It's seven games in eight days, um, but it, it's now. Of course, the big the big three are the first three. Yeah. You know, South Alabama's two up in the loss column. Now they have played five fewer games than the Cajuns have. Um, they had two of their three games against App State weathered out because of snow in Boone over the weekend. Then you've got Georgia Southern. Their um, three-game set, I believe it was against Coastal, got canceled because the week before, their bus had gotten into an automobile accident and they had nine kids in the concussion protocol. So they couldn't play, so they canceled that series. So... It's, um, you know, if the Cajuns win the series, even if they're a game out in the loss column, they're going to have played five more games. So from a percentage standpoint, they can go ahead and make it up. But, you know, Olivia Lackey's a great pitcher, and, and she's had success throughout conference play. I mean, they're only one game over 500 overall. They're like 16 and 15. Well, the amazing part to me about it is, they, um, they're in first place, but they have the worst on-base percentage, and they have the second-worst batting average in the league. Very similar to last year's South Alabama baseball team. Yeah. You know? Yeah, when you get right down to it. You're so, right. But, all right, I just wanted to mention that a little bit. and uh, uh, I, uh, Just your thoughts on this, because uh, ran a couple numbers here. Lots of talk about RPI this time of year. You're coming down to the final weeks of the season or a month and a half or so. But, you know, the Cajuns have played Southern Miss at 11, Georgia Southern at 18, Arkansas at 28. Uh, still have LSU and Georgia State at 30 and 31, but played against Louisiana Tech, 35, Stanford, 42, South Alabama, 54. As a league, uh, uh, well, before we get to the league, the Cajuns are three and three against top twenty-five RPIs, one and three against twenty-six through fifty, four and six overall, top seventy-five, uh, fifty-one to seventy-five, four and five, so eight and eleven in the top one hundred, ten and twelve against with with a which I know this is a stretch asking this early, but a forty-six RPI and then uh, ten and twelve in your top one hundred, but. Uh, what is it? Three and zero against anybody over two hundred. Is that enough to get you into the tournament? You think not today. Not today. Um, 
you've got seven quad one games left, okay? All of them are on the road. Three at Georgia State, three at Texas State, one at LSU. Those seven games are going to have everything to do with will the Cajuns have a shot at an at-large bid. They are they have the third highest RPI right now. Now the Sun Belt as a team as a league stands at number six this week. Um, I do think it's going to be a multi-bid league. Um, is it going to be two teams? Is it going to be three? That that remains to be seen. All you can control is what you can control, and so you got to you got to do as as best you can in those seven road games against quad one schools. Because the rest of your games, you know, ULM is a quad three series, UTA is a quad four series, Little Rock is a quad three series. McNeese and Nichols are quad four games. So you're, all you can do with those games is get hurt if you don't win them. Uh, so I'm, um, do they still have a chance at it? Yeah, yeah, I think they do. But they're, um, they may have to be playing on the last day of the tournament. Okay. As, as it stands right now. Now, yeah, who knows? No. You know, maybe they're going to go on a roll and win right. 16 in a row. I mean, hell, I don't know. Right. No, I just, I like a little look in the head. But let's say the season ended today, though, with, with Texas State, 24-9 overall, but a 57 RPI, second in the league. Is I mean, what's your thought? Okay. I mean. All right. First of all, the RPI, the RPI number doesn't really mean all that much. Okay. All right. What's your record against quad one and quad two schools? And, and that is going to be a bigger thing than the number, the RPI number. Okay. Um, I think it's just a number when you get right down to it. It's... Um, well, I'll have to start pulling that. You're, you're, I think if you... Nobody's got a bid locked up. No, I okay? agree. Nobody's got a bid locked up. Well, I'm not... I'm not I'm, I know I, that. I'm just... I do think the fact that, you know, the Big Ten... I don't know if they're going to get three this year. Um, the Big West, I think they people thought might get three. Maybe a one-bid league, maybe a two. The West Coast Conference is a little bit better than folks thought. That That's probably a three-bid league. Um, Conference USA is probably just a two-bid league. They had four last year. So there's some at-large bids out there to be had. But there's a lot of work to be done still oh, for, for everybody. Well, everybody's halfway through the season, yeah. so yeah, you got you got a I lot know. of work. It's just still fun to look ahead a little bit. So, lastly, ULM series. What do the Cajuns need to do here? I mean, what 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 is going to be? I mean, I expect ULM's pitching. They're they're starting pitching. I expect them to compete with the Cajuns' starting pitchers. Okay, I expect that to happen. If the Cajuns are going to have success, the bullpen has got to do what the bullpen did over the weekend against Arkansas State, which is basically don't give them anything. Um, I think that uh, if the if the if the bullpen does its job, I think the Cajuns will be okay. I'll be honest with you, I don't expect the Cajuns to sweep that series. Right, I don't. 
you know, I think, I think ULM is going to come in with a little bit of an attitude. They always do against the Cajuns. They are tired of hearing about 29 out of 30 or whatever it is. 30 out of 32. Thank you. I think they're tired. Counting. I think they're tired of hearing about it. I'm sure they're being reminded of it. Uh, I expect them to come in and play good baseball. And if that happens, the Cajuns have to play good baseball too because they're not so much better that they can go out and not play well and still win. Um, and, and, you know, McNeese's, that game is scheduled for Tuesday. I don't know if it's going to get played or not. 50% chance of rain at 6 o'clock right now, 30% the rest of the evening. But I, I, I it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all to get rained out. You know, if you look at McNeese's numbers, they're right at the top in America in stolen bait. They've stolen more bases than the Cajuns have. Really? They, their slugging percentage is well over 400. They're averaging almost seven runs a game. Their pitching staff, the, 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 the guys at the front end, are all putting up good numbers. How the hell they're 16 and 16 and just coming off losing three in a row to New Orleans is beyond me because their numbers say that they're so much better than that. Quickly back to the RPI, just which, which I found, I, mean, I, I just, and you don't have to discuss it, but I, I found it very interesting that Southeastern, as bad as they played at times this year, seven losses in a row, their RPI is only at 124. Well, they've played a little better since they've played the Cajuns. Yeah. They've also played a ridiculous non-conference schedule. And if you look at their non-conference games that they still have to play, it's a salty schedule. All right, they, I think they still have to play South Alabama. They have to play Tulane. They have to play LSU again. In a, they, they play a very salty non-conference schedule. If you want to talk RPI, you need to give your buddy Brian Benton a call, have him on as your guest, yeah, and let him explain all of that because he does it better than I, I, I ever. Oh, can. I know. I just. It, oh, it, I know you know, Jeff. That's. I mean, no, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, and I, I'm, but I know that I can uh, get try to get Brian on, but I, I'm, I wanted to get your insight or your opinion. So since you're on the show right now, but uh, lastly, um, how many pitches did Wilson throw on Sunday? About. Uh, I don't know. I don't Is know. that something? Because he, he <coughs> I don't think he got out of the third. Correct. Is that something to keep the pitching line up and check that you might come back with him on Thursday and let Tally stay on Friday and no. Okay. No. I don't I don't think you change that up. Okay. Just yeah, everybody moves up a day. Don't don't overcoach it. I understand. Okay. Just just trying to get your opinion there. Well, and, and that's just, what you're on here for. You saw how quickly. Oh, I know. So, see, I know. Jeff well, thank you, Jay. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, should be a good weekend out at the ballpark. Uh, hopefully the weather stays away. Uh, it wouldn't bother me for uh, Tuesday's game to be a rainout, but at the same time, I know Cajun fans uh, uh, like their baseball and I think deserve uh, the team coming home to show their appreciation on uh, Tuesday night for the good play that they've had over the last uh, last week. So. Uh, for Jay Walker, voice of the Cajuns, I'm Craig Malonson. You've been listening to We're Talking. We'll talk to you later. Welcome back in 
to We're Talking, or welcome into We're Talking. Today, Craig Melanson and Voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker. Jay, how are you? How was your trip? Uh, the trip was fine. It, you know, it's the toughest trip uh, because there's no flight involved. And from a mileage standpoint, it's the toughest drive trip. So, you know, we went and had a sit, Brad and I went and had a sit down dinner last night because Brad, every Lent, gives up fast food. Ah. So we, we stopped for about an hour, had dinner uh, in uh, Batesville, Mississippi, and then uh, finished the drive home. And, you know, gosh, by the time I got, you know, he, he lives, of course, in Youngsville. By the time I dropped him off and got home, got into bed, it was almost 3 a.m. I, I almost texted y'all, and I didn't know who was driving. We, 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 we each drove about half the trip. So that, that, that is, it's, and it's one of those places that you're going to, there's no easy way to fly in, even close by. It's as long to fly as it is to drive. Yeah, you know, back when Northwest Airlines yeah. was around, they had a direct flight from Lafayette to Memphis four times a day. And then when Delta bought it, they got rid of it. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's kind of a shame. Yeah, I used to live in Memphis, and I would fly down for football. I'd get the, the first flight in on Saturday morning, the first flight out on Monday morning, $99 round trip from Memphis. It was, it was awesome. I mean, it, I couldn't drive it for that cheap. You know, now you have to connect in Houston or connect in, in um, Dallas or connect in Atlanta. And by the time you have the layover and everything else, it, it, it's not any faster. No. And it's probably more aggravating because you don't know if your flight's going to get canceled. Right. And then you're having to rent a car and go anyway. So. But it was, uh, you know, counting, you know, the, the fact that we started in Ruston and then went from, so it was oh. Lafayette to Ruston to Jonesboro to Lafayette. Um, it was right at 1,100 miles of driving. Well, let, let, before we get into the weekend in the Sun Belt, let's talk about uh, Ruston, your trip to Ruston. Two games up there. You know, the Cajuns go 5-4-1 and four and one on the weekend, on, on the week. And you, you look back and say what could have been. So let's talk about those first two games in Ruston. What, what, especially the first one, what happened there? Well, you had a bullpen meltdown again. You know, um... When the Cajuns have not been good, it's because their bullpen has come in and not thrown strikes. And that's what happened. You know, um, Bo Bonds came out and, and was throwing great, and then he gave up the home run, and they walked two guys. And then, you know, somebody gets a base hit, and then you walk in two runs. And, and you know, you, you can't do that against good teams. And, and make no mistake about it, Louisiana Tech is good. And so... You know, you, you basically, you know, you're up four to three and then bang, now you're behind eight to four or whatever it was. And uh, and you get out of there and you take an L. And then you come out the next night and you give up five runs in the first two innings. Uh, and the crazy thing, and, and you know, I, I've, I saw Tony do this maybe twice in all of the years that I covered the Cajuns with him, where you're in a situation where, okay, it's not going well. I'm not going to use any more bullpen guys, so I'm going to take a guy and, and I'm going to put him in there. He did it with a guy named Dane Masters in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in 1998. The Cajuns were the undefeated team in the tournament, and it was a six-team tournament. And they were playing New Orleans, who had to beat them twice. Well, New Orleans jumped out to a huge lead, so he asked Masters to go in and basically take one for the team. And Masters went out, 
and he got hit hard, and I think the final was like 21 to 3 or something. But he saved the bullpen. They had to turn around and play again, and the Cajuns won that game. Tony said afterwards, he said, I can't begin to tell you how much respect I have for that kid yeah. because he knew what we were asking him to do. Well, that's what Matt Deggs did the other night with Cooper Rawls. You know, it was like, okay, this kid has pitched twice. He hasn't even been on our weekend roster for, for conference games. And we're getting beat, and we've got conference this weekend, and I'm not going to burn the bullpen. So I'm giving the ball to Rawls. Well, what he did was he turned around and he shoved, uh, and his slider had so much bite. We had a really good look at it. And so, you know, he gives, he holds the rope, and gives the offense a chance to come back. Offense comes, scores seven runs. Uh, and, and they wind up winning the game, and Rawls is a hero, and then he's a hero again yesterday. And, oh, by the way, Collegiate Baseball has named him as one of the players of the week nationally for his performance. He was rewarded for his hard work, and that, that's good to see. Um, seven runs in the sixth inning, fifth inning, was it? I think the sixth is correct. Sixth inning, and did, did I see the box score correctly? There was not an extra base hit? That's right. That's right. The Cajuns, I think, had 10 or 11 hits in the game. They were all singles. That, that's just amazing. Uh, I was, I won't say frustrated, but I'll say I did not listen to the game on, on Wednesday. I needed a break. I needed to do something else. And I got some other work done and didn't listen to it. And then, but was shocked as I walked by my computer and the screen was up with the, uh, the stats, the live stats. And last time I looked, I think it was 4 nothing, and all of a sudden we were up 7-4. Seven, seven, and, and, and I looked, and I was like, what? And seven runs in an inning. That's uh, it's getting there done. Yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, look. That must have had to be, if no extra base hits, it had to have been a long half of an inning. Well, yeah, you know, it was. Um, but, you know, you go up there, you get a split of the two games. You know, you can sit there as a fan and say, gee, maybe we should have won both of them, but I guarantee you Tech fans are doing the same thing. So you've got two teams. They played. They split. Neither team was ecstatic, but neither team was PO'd either because, you know, you, you won one of the games. I will say this. Um, kudos to them for what they've done with J.C. Leftfield. Is it nice? It is. You know, as far as the, the, the stands and what they do, it reminds me a little bit of Springsbrook Stadium in that the, uh, the concession stands are on the, con the upper concourse like they are uh, in Conway now. You know, and of course, they don't have um, down the first base side, they have, first of all, several tents that they sell at a premium and folks go out and they can cook and, and do whatever. Uh, at, at their spot. It's like giving them a tailgate spot inside the stadium. Nice. And then they've got a, um, on the first base side, a triple decker of um, a turf where you can go ahead and either bring a blanket or a lawn chair and sit on those. And then, of course, you have what you've got out in right field over the right field fence with mm -hmm. the, the, the students that have always been out there. Now they have that fenced off now. Um, to where you just can't go anywhere, like the railroad tracks. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think, I think the ambiance there is good. The press level, uh, they've got four suites, and then you've got 
separate rooms for radio, TV, uh, and the and the the writing press. Um, the only criticism that I'm going to make is the windows inside. Why did I know you were going to say windows of the uh, of the press box? Because okay, they're they're spring loaded windows and they go up, but they're so heavy that they don't stay up. You have to prop them open. And uh, there was a pretty good gap in between the two windows. Now, of course, we're spoiled at Russo yeah. Park because we have those windows that disappear. Um, but if so, now I'm, I'm just being nitpicky critical. Yeah. That's about all I've got to say. I think overall they did a lot of things right with that ballpark. Yeah. It's very, very fan friendly. Good deal. Good for them. Uh, good for our tax dollars. <laughs> so I guess. Or well, the insurance dollars, or wherever yeah. it came from, somewhere. So, uh, around the Sun Belt, I mean, all sweeps except for the Georgia uh, Southern at, at Texas State weekend. Let's start there. I mean, I asked Danny about this this morning. I said, it, I said it, it looked like fun baseball, but was it good baseball? You know, because you scored a lot of runs, you had a lot of things going on, and I saw in the the eighth and the ninth, and I believe the tenth is uh, Saturday one extra innings. The laying down bunts, stealing bases, doing things. I mean, it looked like it, good baseball. It was Friday actually that one extra okay. innings. Um, it was a one run game going into the ninth, and uh, uh, Stivers is the, the you know the best back of the bullpen guy in the league. He's at Texas State. Um, he uh, he came out. Avant hit a home run in the ninth inning to tie the game. And then Georgia State scored in the 10th to take a one-run lead. But then in the bottom of the 10th, Texas State loads the bases with no outs. And they've got Wuthrich up, who's, you know, him and Sheffield are, are probably their two best guys. And they get him on a called third strike. Next guy hits a ground ball to shortstop. They get the force at second. The throw to first isn't in time, and the tying run scores. And then Georgia State comes back. It's three in the 11th. Uh, and, and and they wind up uh, uh, winning uh, the ball game, uh, eight to five, I think, or something like that. And then the next day, Texas State hits six home runs, and they get beat thirteen to eleven because Georgia Southern hit two home runs, but one of them was a three-run shot, and the other one was a slam by the eight and nine hitters. That if you combine both of their batting averages together, it's about my weight, and. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, so that so now they've won the series. Then on Sunday they take the lead into the ninth inning. Uh, but Georgia, but uh, Texas State, to their credit, came back. And now one of the things that and I just texted with Danny briefly. He said, "Man, they can really hit." Yeah. Um, and I said, "Well, evidently you guys can too." You know. Well, Texas State scored. Uh, they had a runner on third, uh, wild pitch. On a third strike, not only does the runner get to first, but he gets to second on the wild pitch in, in the run scores. Uh -huh. So that's how they set up some of their runs, too. So even though there weren't as many errors, there were some wild pitches and, and a couple pass balls that, that uh, helped give uh, Georgia Southern. I was able to watch that, and uh, I was talk when, I, when I talked with Danny, I, I asked him about who was in the booth with Brandt Freeman from Texas State. Because I had the was video on, the video on, listening to Brant, and the guy is talking baseball. I'm like, 
This guy's pretty damn knowledgeable. It was Bill Cohane. No, it was Ty Harrington. Oh, that's right. That's right. He did have Ty Harrington in the booth. With he had him, him on Friday and uh, Sunday. Right, and and Cohane was on with him on Saturday. Yes. Yeah, Ty is uh, Ty's a great guy, and he's obviously a very good. Baseball I mean, he, he he just sounds like he's a, a good old boy from Texas, and well, he I, is. and 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 I I know that, and I'm going listening to him, going like that voice is kind of aggravating, but he knows baseball. I mean, I, I say it's aggravating because I'm from Louisiana. Well, it's kind of sort of maybe sometimes, but you know, uh, yeah. So I, whatever the play was going on, I had Danny on the the cell phone listening to the Varsity app, and then I had Brant and Ty. On, on the TV, and whoever had the good play, I would go to see wh who, who was talking about what on the play. So, uh, very, very fun. Uh, the two series that, um, well, three, three series that I want to mention, very briefly. Yeah. Was not surprised Troy won the series in Monroe, was very surprised they swept. Okay, yeah, let's remember Georgia State is 10-2 and two in the league. Their two losses are to ULM. Yeah, in the in the opening series, um, when they held ULM's pitching held Georgia State down. So I was a little surprised that ULM didn't get one game there. South Alabama swept App, and the story there was uh, Miles Smith did not pitch on Friday. He's got he's got some inflammation. They held him out as a precaution. I don't think he's going to pitch next week against Troy either. Mm. Um, but you know. Um, Boswell and Booker, and then and then the Sunday and the Sunday guy throws seven shutout innings. Who who wasn't supposed to start? So, uh, good job by by South Georgia State once again exposed the Coastal Carolina bullpen in all three games. The one that really hurt was Saturday when Georgia State got four in the ninth inning, including a two out two run single that won the game for him. So now in the last two weeks, they've swept South Alabama and Coastal Carolina. That's pretty impressive. I think that we can stop wondering if they're for real. Obviously, they are. Um, so, yeah, those, are, those were the other series that I, you know, just a, a little tidbit from each one that I found interesting. Yeah, th those were uh, those are the ones I was actually going to ask you about in Georgia State. And uh, we're going to get to it in a little bit on the back end here with Georgia State heading to Southern this weekend. But we'll talk about more that in segment two. But the, the what we really wanted to talk about was Louisiana at Arkansas State. 10-0 uh, in the first night. It d didn't seem like anything could go wrong for the Cajuns on Friday night. You know, Cajun fans. We'll find something wrong. Well, Cajun fans haven't figured out Matt Diggs. Okay? And... The, the issue here is every time he does something that is not something Tony would have done, he's going to get criticized because Tony was here for 25 years. He won a lot of games. He was well-respected, and that's all our fans know. That's the only baseball they know is that. Well, Matt and Tony are very different when it comes to their approach and, and, and how they coach. So every time you do something, especially if it doesn't work, it's like, oh my God, this guy's an idiot. You know, he's, he's this, he's that. And that's why nobody wants to follow a legend. It's because you can't win with the fans. You yeah. just can't win. And so every time, and, and 
I went back later, and of course, I you know I didn't spend a lot of time at the message board, but I did go. And one of them is I'm not going to mention him. He's a guy you know. You know, it's like we bunt five, six times in the first inning, and this guy is just ripping dinks, just ripping them. Well, I got news for him and for everybody else. What he did in the first inning set the table for everything else that happened in the weekend. Matt Deggs was crazy like a fox because he knew that Arkansas State had issues defensively. And so he went out and he went with the short game and bunted and bunted and bunted. And it's not that they threw a bunch of stuff away. It's that they couldn't throw them out. And the, and, and the team speed got showcased and it was in the back of their mind the rest of the weekend. The five errors Arkansas State made on Saturday are direct, were directly related to the Cajuns' team speed. Sunday, you know, not, not the dropped fly ball, but the play before that when they kicked the ball around, I mean, DeShazer's trying to hurry up and get it in, and he fumbles it, and they, and, and they take an extra base. Um, ground ball, a routine ground ball to second base, and the second baseman feels it, and he throws it in the dirt four feet off the bag. It was a routine play. I don't think the shortstop fielded a single ball totally cleanly. He was able to throw some of them out, but there were a couple that he didn't because he, he knew he had to rush. So Matt Deggs knew exactly what he was doing on Friday. He was coaching for the rest of the weekend, and they made 10 errors in the last two games. And you know what was interesting? Tommy Raffo, the Arkansas State coach, I was told that he, he told the Arkansas State broadcaster, Matt Stoltz, who's a friend of mine, that he expected us to use the short game early. Oh. And I'm sure he told his team that too, and they weren't able to handle it. You know, it's funny you talk about setting things up, and I don't know if – I'm sure Texas State probably does a lot of this already, but when they played Georgia Southern – we exposed Georgia Southern a little bit, bunting the ball right on Saturday, I believe. Friday, Friday, Friday night sky could really field as a position. On Saturday, I thought we took advantage of, of the pitchers wasn't as athletic as Friday night against Georgia Southern. Well, Texas State put down a couple, uh, had several good bunts there also, and again, I think exposed uh, and I say I hate. He's more athletic than me, so I'm not going to say unathletic. And I'm not sure unathletic is even a word, but hey. But, you know, I, I it's funny because on that softball, Jerry Glasgow's laying down the bunt, laying down the bunt, laying down the bunt, forcing Troy to field it and beat him. And then the fans are yelling because one girl got thrown out after four. Why are you bunting? Stop bunting. And I'm yeah. like, but if it was, you know. If it, it, but when you don't do it, why aren't we bunting? You you never notice it when it works. Yeah, you only notice it when it doesn't, and it it, it just it's just who it, that's who fans are, you know. So going into Sunday's game, though, uh, uh, I did not get to see much uh, or listen to a little bit of Saturday's game while I was at softball. Was able to catch all of Sundays uh, and actually able to catch some uh, around the Sun Belt too. Uh, Sunday's game, 7-4, uh, went to extra innings. The three runs at the end, though, uh, I just find it amazing how I think Arkansas State didn't didn't score after the third inning. 
Is that correct? I believe uh, third or fourth inning. I think they had uh, they had, they hadn't scored after that, and the, and the Cajuns were able to put some. And I think that's what another thing you know we talk about. Tony talked about always making your push relevant, keeping the game close enough because you're going to make a push. But if you let the other team continue to add on, tack on runs, then you're not going to. Right. And and you know it's what it's what Cooper Rawls was able to do against Louisiana Tech. Um, it's what uh, the bullpen was able to do after uh, after Tally gave him a five uh, on Friday, and and the Cajun bullpen yesterday was nails. You know, Toit allowed an inherited runner to score. And that was it. They put up all zeros after that, and so the Cajuns are down four to nothing. El Jefe just didn't have it. He couldn't throw a slider for a strike. His fastball became very hittable. And was, the, was, was that a was, was that a uh, I mean, I know it's more than probably. But did the wind affect the pitching? You know, you'd have to you'd have to ask somebody other okay. than me. Um, I thought um, you know both teams had double digit hits in that game. Yep. You know, it was the it was the biggest offensive game from a hit standpoint. But I but I don't know if the wind had anything to do with it or not. Okay. You know, I uh, I thought Arkansas State starting pitching gave them a chance. Um, the kid that they threw Saturday was a kid that he, he had a seven and a half ERA, but this is a kid that was in their weekend rotation a year ago. Yeah. And he went and he pitched maybe the best game he's pitched all year. Uh, and then the fella on Sunday had an ERA of 10, but he had had some health issues and had, had not pitched in a conference game. Well, he was, he was in their starting rotation last year and he came out, he gave him a chance to win. I know, Rafa, you said that Rafa wanted, if, if he got four, he would do a somersault. Right, and, 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 he, he, got, the, and, and he got four plus. Yeah. But the Cajuns got, you know, were able to put some things together with the help of the Arkansas State defense to tie the game. Well, then in the eighth inning, they get the bases loaded and nobody out. Now, Matt made a move that he said before the season started he would do. And that was bring Rockefort in to pitch to face one hitter. Yeah, they had they had worked on they had been working him uh, on the mound, and you know of course he did it. Rockefort walked the guy. Everybody, oh what a stupid move! But he he kept Tommy Ray in the game. He put him at first base. Now he lost the DH. All right, but let's go back to that afterwards. Go ahead, finish your. But you know Ray comes back. Bases are loaded, nobody out. He put two of the guys on, Rocco put on the third. So he, uh, and now he's got the top of the order up. And he gets the first guy on a called third strike and a hammer. He gets the second guy on a called third strike on a hammer. And then the next guy, uh, Klutz, you know, hits a ball up the middle and Bobby Leday made a really nice play on it. Uh, fielded it cleanly, threw a strike to first base to get him out of the inning. And then, you know, the Cajuns in the 10th made something happen. You know, they got the, you know, Jonathan Brandon and Julian Brock combined for seven hits on Saturday. The bottom of the lineup got it done. And um, and then, you know, what happens at the bottom of the 10th? They get a guy on first base. And what happens? Bobby Lede starts a double play to, yeah. to end the game. No, I, the designated hitter thing, when your pitcher becomes part of the defense, he goes into the lineup. Okay. Okay? Now... So it's not necessary. So it would be any position 
if it, let's say you, your first base, your pitcher was batting in your first base, well, I don't know. No, any position, unless you designate before the game that your pitcher is the DH. If your pitcher takes a defensive position, you lose the DH. Okay. So when he went to first base, the DH was gone. Okay. Good enough. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, what we're sipping on tonight. We're going to take a little quick run at the RPI. Don't want to spend too much time there. Look at the Sunbelt Conference standings and talk about next weekend. You're listening to We're Talking. Craig Malasa on Voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker. We'll be right back after this short intermission. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. 